Welcome to another episode of Western States Junior Hockey Talk. My name is Stephen Force, and sitting in the Zoom meeting with me, none other than Mr. Charles Woodall Pike. How are you doing today, Charles? Uh, doing all right. You know, we are now in what week ten or eleven <laughs> of of coronavirus, no sports world. I mean, I've I've totally lost count. I've I've forgotten what the world is like. You know. When uh, when one or two off days between a game seem like the end of the world, mm-hmm. and now we're on like you know day eighty. So, yeah. uh, be before we dive in though, uh, I'd like to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WSJR Hockey Talk or Western States Junior Hockey Talk. That's both on Twitter and Instagram, and on Facebook. Join in on the Western States Junior Hockey Talk Facebook group. Uh, Those are all great places to keep up with junior hockey all across the Western U.S. And uh, there's been a lot of news. (laughs) Um, It's it's been, what, about a month since we last recorded. Um, I think we recorded back like April 18th or so, right around the time that all of those teams left the WSHL for the USPHL. And we were under the assumption then that junior hockey would still be happening in the WSHL. We'll get to that later. But there's another team that has left for the USPHL. Um, it's old news at this point, but we haven't talked about it yet. Back on April 21st, the Ogden Mustangs uh, announced both an ownership change and a move to the USPHL. Yeah, uh, that was kind of the next big piece to depart the Western States Hockey League and join the the USPHL was was when Ogden uh, made that move over to be reunited with their old rivals, the Utah Outliers, as well as uh, the other teams that have made that move so you know that's this was interesting when it came out uh you know it was it was kind of seen as like the the biggest piece so far the biggest team to move i mean i mean with all of the deep playoff runs that the mustangs have had in the in the WSHL um you know never never quite able to get that last step to the thorn cup but you know was always a threat to do so year in and year out and so now we'll see if they're able to carry this over once uh they start playing the USPHL yeah it, it gave the whole move a little bit more credibility i would say you know like there there were those uh eight teams that you know left the WSHL and I mean there were some big names right I mean seeing a team like NOCO Utah Fresno seeing those teams make the move it's like okay this is this is something but then when you get the big boys when when you get Ogden to say yeah we're buying into this too all of a sudden it's like okay uh that was that was when there was another red flag that popped up about WSHL, I would say. 
uh, when, when you see a team who is as synonymous with the league as Ogden was, and now, now they just cut ties. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the mindset was when, when the initial group of teams moved was what's going to happen with kind of the, the bigger players that are still in the WSHL? You know, what about Ogden? What about El Paso? You know, those, those teams that have just been, you know, dominating the league for, you know, the last, what, four or five years, it seems like. Yeah. You know, and we got our answer when Ogden moved. Um, I mean, we'll get into more later about uh, the status of the WSHL and the status of the El Paso Rhinos. But yeah, that you're absolutely right. This, this move definitely had a bigger feeling to it as far as, you know, this is, this is real. And, and now there's, there's currently nine, what the, the USPHL is calling it, West Coast teams, right? Uh, so you got Ogden, Fresno, San Diego, Anaheim, Utah, Southern Oregon, Las Vegas, Pueblo, and NOCO. Those are some, some organizations that have had a history of success, right? I mean, you, you look at that group. And you would say, okay, Southern, Southern Oregon is trying to build itself back up. But don't, I mean, don't forget, they, Southern Oregon has an alum who's played in the KHL. Uh, Anaheim, formerly Ontario. I mean, Ontario was a prominent member of the Western Division of the WSHL for years. And they're trying to build back up there. And everyone else has shown success as of late. Um, so yeah. if that's one division or, or even broken up into two divisions, you're, you're going to see some really great hockey from these West coast teams. Absolutely. You know, just having seen all those teams play in, in the WSHL, you know, if if you if you haven't followed the the WSHL and are just learning about these new teams, you know, yeah, there there are some tough customers in there. Um, I mean, you know, you you even talk about like Vegas and Pueblo, you know, teams that just joined the WSHL last year. Yeah. And those two teams made some noise in, in the WSHL in, in just year one. You right. know, I mean, year one teams can be wild cards. You know, you never know if, you know, this is going to be a team that's going to take the rest of their division by storm or if it's going to be a flop. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not. You're never quite sure where it lands sometimes. Uh, but, you know, for, for Vegas and Pueblo, you know, they, 
they they did it right the first time, you know, and there's no doubt that they'd be able to do the same again, you know, even even in a, a different league with a, a a different feel to it, you know, those two teams have already established a successful foothold. Right. So so after Ogden made that announcement on April 21st, it was then sort of just like a, a waiting game. There was talk of, okay, well, maybe we'll see some expansion announcements from the WSHL. Uh, will other teams jump ship and go to the USPHL? And we waited for nearly a month before we got any sort of news after that. So on May 19th, and this, this set off one hell of a week. On May 19th, the Oklahoma City Blazers decided or announced, they probably decided well before that, announced that they left the WSHL for the NA3HL. And when they did that, they left the WSHL with just 10 teams. Yeah, that was, that was definitely the next big domino to fall um you know we like you said we were kind of waiting and seeing okay are there going to be more teams going to the usphl are there going to be more teams announced for the wshl you know we're all kind of holding our breath and seeing what what the next big move was and you know, it, it was interesting because Oklahoma City was posting a lot and, you know, they they had a logo change. They had, um, didn't they get a new coach? Yeah, new, uh, new, new coach, well. new, new management, um, posting a lot of signings, which, which makes me wonder, you know, like these, these signings that were happening – were they being told, you know, hey, you're going to play in the NA3 this year? Yeah, I mean, who who knows when this decision was actually put into play? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I remember, uh, I just remember OKC posting a lot of stuff, and you know, kind of kind of getting the team revamped for this upcoming year uh, after, you know, last season where they had a good strong start in the first half and then the second half they just couldn't finish it off. And then the news came down that they were going to the NA3. So, you know, that's that's interesting that they're – they're not going the same path as the other WSHL teams uh, that we've seen. They're instead going off to the NA3. Right, which, which sort of makes me wonder, I mean, the, the rest of that Midwest division, right? You had El Paso, Dallas, and Wichita all still up in the air here on May 19th. 
are they looking at an NA3 move? Yeah, I mean, that's... I, I don't know exactly how many options those Midwest teams do have. Because um, I, I don't know off the top of my head, you know, what the geographic landscapes are in other junior hockey leagues. You don't have and that I, memorized yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I I don't have like those old like transparent maps that I can just like lay one on top of the other and be like, okay, this is You're right. This this makes all the sense. Um but you know, I, I wonder if that's that's playing something into consideration is, you know, where where are we gonna go that we're going to have playing partners that aren't a six hour bus ride. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, because you wouldn't expect organizations to want to, you know, come back this season. If it's going to put that much of a toll financially on them. Um, I mean, we, we can't just get into this right now. I mean, if you're, if you're listening, you probably know this news. May 26th, the WSHL announced that they're going dormant for this season. Um, and they're beginning to focus on planning to return for the 2021-22 season. So, I mean, a, a big part of this comes down to money, right? Um, I mean, safety definitely comes into play, but costs a lot of money to travel those long distances. Um, I mean, Seattle and Bellingham weren't just going to play against each other 52 times. Uh, They were going to have to find ways to travel. And, you know, without the potential of, you know, packing an arena for a home game, money is really going to be an issue for a lot of these, a lot of these organizations. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it, there's a a whole mess of factors that are going to go into where teams decide to play. I think, um, I mean, for first and foremost is safety. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Money is going to be, uh, a big thing as well because you know you look at some of the formations that we saw from the WSHL over the years where you know the Midwest was a division that started in El Paso and ended in Missouri yeah. you know that I mean that's kind of crazy to think about <laughs> when you've got when you've got you know when you don't have the resources of say a professional team and you have to, you know, there's a lot of expenses that go into, you know, travel costs and, uh, rink, uh, availability and just all of these pieces that go into running a team. You know, and 
uh, I know that the pandemic has really put a strain on businesses of all sorts, you know, not, not just, you know, hockey teams, but just businesses in general. Um, you know, so it's, I'm curious to see what's going to, what the picture is going to look like when we are further along and starting to finally put the coronavirus behind us, like whenever that is, I mean, you know, which, you know, still might not be for a while, right? but when, you know, we are able to return to some sort of normal where, you know, we're able to go and watch sports and have sporting events take place with, you know, bands or even the beginning stages where there probably won't be fans, you know, what's, what's that going to look like? And, you know, what's that going to look like at a level like this? Right. I mean, because we, I mean, we, we can sit here and talk about, you know, like professional sports where there's, you know, TV contracts and merchandise sales, like there's, there's other revenue streams. Um, Especially at the WSHL level, it's, people buying tickets and, and local, local businesses. Right. Um, right. And so many of those local businesses that, you know, we're probably partners have, have struggled in some way, um, you know, and, and then you also have to bring into account that the WSHL is a pay to play league. Um, and if people are losing their jobs, it's going to be a lot more difficult to write that check for their, for their kid to play junior hockey. Like that's, that's not the most important thing right now. Um, and so I, I do want to say that I, I, I wasn't shocked by this WSHL news. Um, it kind of took me off guard that it happened so early in the summer. Uh, but I, I am proud that they made this decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it was good to see the league take a stance and say, you know, until we feel that, you know, things are safe. We're not going to try and push a season out. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's, especially when you think about the fact that you're dealing with kids as young as 15 or 16. And, and, and from, from Europe. And from Europe, yeah. Uh, I think I think it said somewhere in their press release that the league issued this week that brought up the fact that you know, hey, let's say you know this all happens and the second wave comes along and there's now a 17 year old living with a billet family in 
in San Diego, let's say, then then what? You know, um, so so there's there's a lot of stuff coming into play. Uh, so we we did reach out on Instagram to all of you, um, looking for some of your thoughts, and I and I want to share some now. So we got you know the responses like you know I I think they had no choice, bound to happen. Um, we did get someone who says I think it sucks, but I can understand why the decision was made. We didn't get as much angry response as we did back in March when the playoffs were canceled. Um, so there's there's a better understanding of the whole situation, um, definitely now compared to where we were at a few months ago. But I did see some angry response. I, I think it was on the WSHL Facebook page. I think there was some response there where it was, you know, upset at the cancellation. What, what do you think of that response? Uh, I'm, you know, it's as, as a sports fan, you know, I, I think that, you know, if, if you hear that there's a, a cancellation you know there there's going to be some level of being upset yeah. you know i i i think that's just it it's the natural reaction um because you have a emotional investment with sports you have a financial investment because you spend money to go to games and uh support the team and and things like that uh and you know you think about some of the teams in junior hockey and some of the teams in the in the Western States Hockey League, you know, there aren't a lot of other teams in those areas. Um, you know, we, we've talked about how El Paso is, you know, a huge deal in El Paso yeah. with the Rhinos, uh, you know, and I imagine – you know, you get into some of these other small towns and, and cities that have these junior level teams. And, you know, that's the, that's the big sports event in town. And, you know, something that the community looks forward to every year and to, to get that, notice that there's not going to be hockey at least in this league this year you know it 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 makes it makes sense that fans would react that way um but i mean you know at the at the same time bigger picture you know it's you know it's it's more of a it's more of a safety reason why they're 
they're holding back. And, you know, that's, I, I think that's the, the important thing to keep in mind. Right. But is, do you, so, so do you think that it's, it's acceptable to be both angry and upset and understand that it's all a safety issue? I, I believe so. I mean, you know, I, I, I think there's sort of a balance between the two. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, you, you kind of have to take into account that ev- everything's pretty much getting shut down or postponed or canceled. And, you know, that stuff is it's not going to come back in the same way it used to be, at least when it is allowed to come back. And, you know, it, it definitely sucks because there's, there's a ideal with sports and with other forms of entertainment that, you know, we go to that to kind of put our troubles away for a couple hours and focus on something else that, you know, gives us joy and, you know, gives us excitement in our, our daily lives. And, you know, now we're being told that because of coronavirus you know we have to stay away from those things now yeah or or at least we have to watch them from afar in in some cases i mean i know that you know there's a couple of sports leagues that have been able to start up um with like korean baseball organization um which I mean, it's it's great to have sports on, but you know, at the same time, if you live here in the U.S., those games start at like two thirty in the morning. Right. Right. So, hey, you just have you to know, like it's... just record them and watch them. Watch them in the yeah. morning. Yeah. So you know, it definitely doesn't have the same feel to it, but you know, and I've heard that the English Premier League is gonna pop back up in a couple of weeks uh, if everything goes well. A um, couple other soccer leagues as well in, in Europe yeah. are starting to get green lights. But, you know, that it's, it's going to be a slow progression back. And, you know, it, it, it definitely stings. But, you know, I, I think it, well, it's, all right to feel that that sting and that hurt of not having your your sports around i i think it's important to also have the understanding that you know we're we're all in a pretty difficult spot right now with this pandemic um and you know we we'll we'll get back to it it's just it's going to take some more time yeah, I mean, I think I think you you said that beautifully. Um, so, 
before we move on to uh, what happened on May 27th, sticking here on the 26th, when the WSHL announced that they were going dormant and planning to return in the following season, how confident are you? I mean, this this gives the league some time to look at how, I mean, number one, how the coronavirus situation is going. Uh, you know, we get constant changing information on a regular basis, it seems like. And, you know, it's something that, you know, health officials and government officials in all over the world are constantly trying to get a handle on while, you know, they try to develop a vaccine that will properly treat this. So it's, you know, by taking the 2020-2021 season off, you know, this, this allows the league to not kind of keep people in the dark for a while, you know, where we were kind of all sitting around waiting to see what the next announcement was. Yeah. So, you know, it's, and, you know, that's not something you really want as a league. You want to keep everyone up to date on what's going on and, you know, so I, you know, I definitely think that was, that's another reason why I think this was a, a good move by the WSHL to say, Hey, let's just take a year off. Let's wait and see how this whole pandemic situation plays out in the next year. And then once we've got once we've got a better understanding of you know how to properly treat it fight it keep people safe you know then we can look at bringing hockey back in to the WSHL you know, getting getting guys on the ice, getting camps and stuff organized. And, you know, that's that's definitely a big thing. And, you know, I I imagine at the same time, you know, with the amount of teams that have moved to other leagues, you know, it, it also gives the WSHL time to look at, okay, when we do come back, what's our what's our landscape going to look like yeah and that landscape really changed uh may 27th uh the el paso rhinos announced a day after the wshl announced that they were going dormant the rhinos announced the puck will drop in rhino country this fall 
Now, there's still no word on what league they're playing in. There's tons of rumors, of course, as there always would have been. Um, but this would be so ridiculously terrible for the WSHL to have them leave permanently, right? Not only would that be one less team, but so that would put them with nine teams that are officially still with them. The ninth team is Valencia. Valencia doesn't have a home. The other eight teams are Dallas, Wichita, Seattle, Bellingham, and your four Canadian teams. You can't have a league like that. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that's exactly what, you know, I, I was talking with my last point is that, you know, when you, that geographic landscape, which right now is not the best looking, <laughs> no. but, you know, with the talks about, you know, where the WSHL is going to, expand um you know that i think that you know it gives the the league that time as well to kind of organize things more and you know because otherwise you have what made up august to get everything together yeah yeah and that's that's not a that's not a strong time frame to kind of slap something together and say okay go (laughs) Yeah, you know, right. Because you know we've we've seen that happen before, and it it typically does not end well. No, but you know that's there's it it gives kind of that that breathing room as well to be able to organize one the the comeback. You know what what are the steps to getting back to hockey in the WSHL and, you know, give, give them opportunity to reach out to places and be like, look, we're, we're not going to have a season this year, but we are, we are planning to come back. Do you, would you be interested in having a team when things boot up again? Right. I mean that that has to be that has to be the 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 attempt at least that the WSHL is making mm-hmm. because within the span of five weeks they found out that both Ogden and El Paso were both going to leave. That's I mean that that that's your championship game from what the past three years. Two years, yeah. however long it's been, <laughs> uh, you know. I mean, you you can't you can't lose these major organizations and stay afloat. Um, and I mean, if if you're planning on doing that, you need your expansion organization organizations to really come in and be strong. Which mm-hmm. that's that's going to be ridiculously hard to fill a league with expansion teams that are all strong. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a, a big ask for sure. Uh, 
you know, I, I, I think though that you've, you just, you got to start building somewhere, you know, and that's, you know, that's kind of the situation. Cause again, you look at what the current landscape is of the league where you have two teams out in the Midwest, you have two teams in the Northwest and then teams up in Alberta. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not going to be a fun travel for the two teams in the Midwest. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. So, so the, the WSHL in their press release, um, similarly to their press release that they had back in April, uh, gave themselves a little bit of a pat on the back, uh, saying that when they announced the playoff changes, uh, a bunch of people were appalled, but then the NHL decided to shut down their season the following day. Um, do you think other junior leagues will take this this blueprint that the WSHL has has now laid out. Do you think other leagues are going to take that and run with it? Um, I mean, are, are other leagues going to end up going dormant? Possibly. I mean, you... You think about just where we are with coronavirus. You know, there's there's still a lot of uncertainty with regards to when to be able to put these fears behind us with regards to you know how many people it sends to the hospital how many people it you know are required to get uh ventilators you know how many people die from it you know it's you know we're still kind of deep in the woods on this one yeah and you know and until we get a better idea of how to handle it aside from the guidelines that are already in place. You know, it's, it's going to be a difficult road for a lot of entertainment organizations, you know? So, so the, the USPHL uh, made this, announcement uh on the 27th uh so this past wednesday uh that their 2020 spring showcase which they had initially just rescheduled it has now been canceled due to the pandemic so it was supposed to be happening up in the new england area uh but it has been canceled their ncdc entry draft is going to be happening over conference call on June 10th. And then NCDC Combines. Oh, boy. NCDC Combines will still happen 
in Chicago or the Chicago area, June 13th and 14th, and in the Detroit area, June 25th and 26th. Uh, I, I know a lot of you have probably lost track of the calendar. June 13th is two weeks from now. And there's going to be a combine. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, uh, just reading the uh, the press release off the off the USPHL website. Uh, so it it mentions the two the two combines that you just mentioned um, that are coming up. It, and then it says after that, that those events will follow federal, state, and local guidelines and regulations, and the main priority at each will be keeping players, coaches, and staff safe and healthy. Details including schedules and health protocols for the combines will be released soon. So, so they, they are going to at least take it into account uh you know they're they're going to be following these guidelines i guess i'm just looking at it from a risk reward standpoint what's a two-day combine in chicago really gonna really gonna do yeah yeah this yeah this this one's definitely a little bit of a head scratcher um but you know they they feel like they have the the safety measures in place to be able to conduct this in some way that is going to to limit the risk enough to have it be worthwhile i guess yeah, I mean, you know, we'll we'll keep an eye out for these these health protocols. They're they're going to have stuff in in place. Um, I would be shocked if it's you know, hey, let's have you know all fifty or sixty people out on the ice at once, and everyone you know hugs each other whenever a goal scored. You know, yeah. that's that's not going to happen. Uh, it it it'll it'll be interesting to see what they put into place. Now, in this same press release from the USPHL, they also said a summer showcase is still going on as scheduled July 17th to 19th, and they haven't figured out the locations yet, but it'll be somewhere in the Northeast uh, US. So that one, that one's still a ways away. You know, I, I don't, I don't think they need to really make any true decisions right now on that. Um, it was just sort of shocking to see in this June 13th and 14th. And we'll get you those safety protocols soon. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that when I saw those dates listed, and then realized how close that was to, to now. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, you, I, I understand, you know, you still have to conduct 
certain things, but you've got to also balance that with safety and having protocols in place, which I mean, it sounds like they do. Uh, you know, it's just, it, it's, it strikes you a little bit as, you know, are, are we really ready for, to, to go back into this? Um, which, you know, you're, you're starting to see with like the bigger leagues that they're, they're starting to move toward small group activities um, to, to try and get things up and running again. So, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be something like that where, you know, it's a, a handful at a time and then, you know, take whatever measures you have to do, sanitize everything in between sessions. You know, there's, you know, we'll, we'll get more details on what exactly they are going to do, but you know, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's sort of this weird balance of, you know, are, are we really ready to take this next step? And, you know, but at the same time, you've got to take the next step at some point. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think we've said it now in the past three episodes, I don't want the job of these commissioners. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be the one to have to make these decisions for a junior hockey league. I mean, it, it has to be incredibly difficult to sit there at night and think, you know, okay, where, where does the WSHL, where does the USPHL fit in all of this? Um, and so as, as long as these health protocols are, you know, truly following these guidelines and they're truly keeping everyone safe and healthy, perfect. Let's, let's try it out and, and see what happens. Um, it's just, I have no idea what those protocols are. And I know that doing it all within 13 days seems, uh, seems like a pretty quick start time for these combines. Um, now, I also reached out to all of you on Instagram, uh, trying to figure out what are your thoughts on other leagues going dormant? Uh, do you think other leagues will be going dormant like the WSHL has? And all of the responses we got said no. <laughs> um, so there's there's an understanding as to why the WSHL did it. But at the same time, people don't think that other leagues are in that same situation. And, you know, that that's understandable. You know, that's, you know, every league situation is going to be different. You know, the, the reasons why the WSHL chose to go one way and another league is going to choose to go another way, you know, it's, it's definitely a matter of what each league feels that their situation is 
and if they're comfortable with what what their timetable is for returning to play. So uh, we also wanted to touch on this. It's not all bad news going on in the world. Um, there's There's been a few uh, WSHL alums that have gone professional. Uh, let's start with, uh, with the big name, uh, Tomas Urbanik, signed with HC Dukla Hilava, Dukla Hilava of the Czech Two Leagues. So that's the third tier of professional hockey in Czech Republic. So he goes, he goes back home to Czech Republic and uh, signs on there. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about the idea, I think, at least off the podcast of you know, creating a WSHL Hall of Fame. I mean, Urbanic set every single record pretty much. Uh, so he, he, he would have his, his, uh, his statue right there at the entrance of, yeah. uh, of that Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just an incredible player that, you know, we got to witness play in this league for what, felt like forever yeah um just just because he started so young that you know he was able to play what was it six seasons five six seasons yeah it was it was at least five yeah so you know to do what he did in this league and to play for as long as he did in this league you know it's just it was incredible to watch his skills and talent that he has and you know now he gets to take what he learned and how he developed in the WSHL and take them back home and you know play in a, a league back home and then uh, a few, a few guys signed on in the th- the third tier of professional hockey in Sweden. Uh, Emil Svartbro signed on with uh, Tiriso Hanviken, um, and then Christopher Yuva signed on with Hirambi. Um, and both of those are in the third tier in a league called Hockey Etan. So, uh, a couple. I mean, all, all three of those were actually part of that uh, that blockbuster deal, right? Yep. Yeah, those were those were all uh, Thunderbirds. They're they're all international hockey management clients, um, which I believe is Chris White, the former uh, Bombers coach. And so those are those are all his clients. So uh, they all went to Vegas together, and now they've all signed on professionally over in Europe. Uh, so continuing their hockey careers there. Yeah, it's, it's always cool to see where these players go once they have finished their, their junior hockey careers. And, you know, it's cool for them to, you know, be able to go 
back to Europe and find a league there to continue playing. And then here in the States, uh, Jamal Eckett signed a PTO contract, a professional tryout contract with the Mentor Icebreakers um, of the Federal Prospects Hockey League. So that's in Mentor, Ohio, just east of Cleveland. Um, so he's, it's, it's just a professional tryout contract, but I have a feeling that uh, the icebreaker is going to like what they see out of Eckett. Yeah, you know, if he's able to bring those skills that we saw him put on display, you know, especially the last couple of years where he really, really had a couple of breakout years, you know, and, you know, we saw him really develop into a top caliber threat on the ice. You know, I I imagine he's definitely worth more than just, you know, that PTO. I, I think, you know, they're they definitely are gonna take a good look at him and you know definitely rooting for him and, and hoping things work out. Now, uh to to wrap up this episode, um thought we might talk a little bit about this whole NHL return to play. Thing that was announced this past week. First, first question for you, Charles. Were you watching Gary Bettman that afternoon when he announced it? Uh, I I wasn't watching it live, but I did see. I I did go and see the video. It, like, oh, okay. It, 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 I I don't know if it was the full thing. It was about like, I don't know, seventeen minutes of him. Yeah. Talking about so 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 you didn't get cut out in the middle to go back to uh to like a car show on NBC no. oh man i was i was i was watching it i was yeah i was working but yeah i was i was watching it and uh and and like you know midway through they they cut back to this car show talking about engines uh so just just wanted to see if uh, if you got that same <laughs> same great experience or not so uh here's what's cool the NHL took our wild card weekend idea. Uh, they did. It, so, what are your thoughts on that little play-in round? You know i I like what they're doing. Um, I'm not just saying that because the Coyotes are in, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 say that up front. Um, but you know it. It it makes sense because you know there are a handful of teams that were right there on the the fringe of either being in the playoffs or out of the playoffs, and you know we still had what three four weeks of the season that is now going to end up being unplayed uh, because they, in that announcement, they also said that the regular season was officially concluded. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it makes sense for there to be some sort of way for those teams that were 
like right there on the borderline to have a chance to get get their playoff ticket still. You know, it's, now, if you're like a five seed, you're probably thinking, what? Yep. Yeah, it's what, Edmonton in the Western Conference has to uh, go up, up against Chicago? Yeah. I think, yeah. I, I would not be happy if I was uh if I was Edmonton there. Um Yeah. I I wouldn't be happy if I was Edmonton. I wouldn't be happy if I was was it Pittsburgh's the other five? Going up against Montreal, right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be happy if I was Boston. You wouldn't they, be happy? You they had the best record and now they might end up fourth. Yeah. So what? So the, the the round robin. Yeah. So do you do you think do you think the round robin is is going to be enough to keep these top teams at the same level? Um, I mean, because these these five through twelve teams they're playing for their playoff lives in a little play in round. One through four aren't technically playing for that so do you do you think it's going to be that same intensity and so you know that whole playoff mentality is there for everyone i would think it would still be there maybe maybe in the fight for your life that the the play-in rounds are going to be um but you know, you're still competing for one, two, three, four seating, you know, and I'm, I'm sure teams are contemplating what the possible draws are going to be for that true first round um, after the qualifying rounds. Now we don't, really know for sure what the first and second rounds are going to look like yet because we uh last i heard we didn't know whether we were going to have a a bracket style or if they were going to reseed teams yeah um and then we also it's still up in the air i guess on whether the first and second rounds are going to be a best of seven or a best of five well, do we know tiebreakers yet for the round robins? Uh, tiebreak- I, I, I think the league might want to get out ahead and uh, and say that before you know the last day of the round robin or something. <laughs> uh, yes, it's tiebreakers <laughs> for the round robin are points uh, regular season points percentage. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So so they so Bo- so Boston at least has that edge. Yeah. Okay. So, so we also got your thoughts on Instagram on this one. Um, we got someone saying, I'm excited to see it and hope for some good games. I thought that would have been the overwhelming response. Uh, but we also got, it's terrible. Just cancel the season. Whoever wins the cup isn't going to be looked at as a champion. What are your thoughts there? Because I've, I've heard this argument. I, I've, I've heard it a bit too. 
Um, and the, the way I've heard it for, you know, the folks that believe it's still a true championship is you look at 2013. That was yeah. the last, you know, it was again, different circumstances. Cause that was a, that was a lockout year, but you still had a shortened season then. And, you know, we were, we were all fine with Chicago winning. Yeah. You know, we were, we were fine with New Jersey winning in 95. And I mean, the, the playoffs themselves, I mean, there's the possibility of, you know, having a f- potential f- what best of five in the first round as well. But outside of that, it's, it's the same. Like you, you would have to go through an entire playoff to still win the cup, right? Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to, you have to go through the same four rounds. In fact, most of the teams participating have to go through five rounds. Yeah. You know, yeah, which, so, which makes it even harder. So I know, I know that if the coyotes win the cup, you are going to look at that as a, as a championship still. Uh, but let's say Chicago wins the cup. Let's say the worst thing in the world happens and Minnesota wins the cup. <laughs> How are you going to respond there? Because those are teams that were outside of playoff position. Actually, I would say the worst thing would be if Montreal won the cup because they had the worst points percentage. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's like the, the kind of like the one where I really start to go, eh, okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, would, I mean so, so would, would they be champions in your eyes? Yeah. I mean, they would have gone through the same four or five rounds that, you know, the Coyotes would have had to. You know, yeah. They would have gone through the same, you know, everyone's got more or less the same path except for the top four teams. And the top four teams still have to play those four rounds. Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's not like, you know, the top four teams go straight to like, the f- like like a semifinal sort of thing. Semifinal, yeah. I mean, it's not like we're doing that. You know, where you know, I, if if they went with something like that, then there definitely would be outrage. Right. Right. Yeah. Um so overall uh do you think the NHL should even be coming back? Or do you think it should be just a let's focus on next season you know i i definitely understand wanting to finish the season and determine a champion because that's ultimately what everyone everyone plays for right is you know you you have your, you have the season and you have the playoffs and you crown a champion. You know, that's how sports have worked since, you know, pretty much ever. 
and you know it it makes sense that you know they still want to have a a champion instead of just a blank spot on the trophy yeah you know it's you know it's something that you know everyone sets their mind toward when you know training camp starts you know and you know it's important for the players and it's important for you know everyone involved with the league and you know and you know it's also something for the fans too because you know we've been we've been waiting for sports to come back and you know this is kind of the the sign of you know there being some light at the end of this yeah i mean i've 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 been watching nascar so that's uh that should tell you how much i want sports back (laughs) i i've been staying up till 6 a.m to watch korean baseball (laughs) right yeah uh so if the nhl's return to play thing actually happens it's not going to happen for a while still so to get your hockey fix, the summer, the summer subscription for Black Dog Hockey, it's still available. So you can have access to games on demand all the way through August 1st for just $49.99. So less than $50, you can have as much hockey as you want this summer right there on Black Dog Hockey. All you need to do is go to bdehockey.com to sign up and start watching. So, Charles, any final thoughts for the folks? Stay safe, everyone. And we look forward to talking with you next time. Yep. So, uh, for Charles Woodall Pike, my name is Stephen Force. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you in the next episode. <laughs>